Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello. Oh, it happens say, every time. I know, and I kind of hate it. But I also kind of love it. You do? I don't. Um, I'm just trying to oppose you. <laughs> Provide a, a balance. That's good. We're very similar in, in a lot of ways, so it might be nice to have some opposite actions here. It's important to stay balanced. That's beautiful. Thank you. I'm having a hard time with balance right now. <laughs> Would you like to explain why? I fell. Mm-hmm. Down the stairs. Mm-hmm. And I hurt my foot. Mm-hmm. We're fine. And now? I'm in a boot and crutches. There we go. <laughs> that bit? <laughs> I think that's important that what you for, were the, referring to? <laughs> for the balance aspect that we were referring sure, to. Sure, sure, yeah. Just to paint a picture. Uh, visual uh, storytellers. Visual story, yeah. Yeah, of, yeah, yeah. Um, It's beautiful. Thank you. Anyway, um, happy new year. Happy new year. Oh my gosh. It's 2020. 2020. It's the new 20s. Yeah. Yeah. Nobody's wearing... No one's doing flapper gear. Flapper there gear. have been more bobs, though. I've, I've been right? rocking the bob since... But you've been rocking the bob. 1819. I was going to say. Yeah. Just ahead of the curve, if you ask 1819? me. 1819? 2018? 2019? Yeah. Did you mean to say 1919? No. You meant... Okay. I understand what you were thinking. Got it. However... No, you did mean to say 1819. I did. Okay. Mm-hmm. I like it. 18-19. I thought you meant the year 1819. I saw the disconnect and I was <laughs> I was going to wait it out. <laughs> That's so helpful of you. <laughs> well, mm-hmm. I thought we would continue our journey through the Wars of the Roses, this muddied journey. Mm-hmm. And next we have... An interesting lady, and the reason I'm just going to have a quick preface is because I actually found her somewhat boring until um, I read what everyone else wrote about her. So a lot of things about her paint her in a very different light. There's a lot of people saying she was masterminding plots and... And, you know, this this political creature. And, and I actually don't think she was. My personal opinion wasn't that, isn't that. So this is going to be really interesting because, you know, our podcast is called Historically Badass Broads. Mm-hmm. And her reputation is more badass than I think she actually was. I think being a woman at any time period requires a level of badassery. I'm not mm-hmm. suggesting that's not true. Mm-hmm. But I do think this one's interesting. But if we didn't cover this, it would be very difficult to understand many of the events that happened throughout the rest of this time period full of really cool ladies. And she is the mother of and the daughter of some badass ladies. So so who is she? Her name's Elizabeth Woodville. 
Dun, da, da, da. Dun, da, da, da. We're talking about <laughs> Elizabeth Woodville today, um, who is genuinely fascinating to me because most like depictions of her are this conniving scheming woman there's this terrible stars series that i've watched because one of my favorite actresses of all time jodie comer's in it she plays elizabeth york who's elizabeth woodville's daughter and elizabeth woodville is painted as this brilliant plotting even at the even at the cost of her own relationship with her daughter like this this thing this creature and and she seemed to be practicing witchcraft it's all these like Mm. salacious details um, granted that that series is the the White Queen is um, or is it the White Queen? I think it's the White or the White Princess or whatever is is actually based on Philippa Gregory novels, so they're not they're absolutely horrendous. If anyone reads them and takes them as fact, I have words to say to you. Um, so anyway, she is this fascinating person in a in that she had absolutely no prospect of marrying into aristocracy as a as a child let alone royalty your puzzled brow well i want to know like the basics before i hear about oh, sorry the overarching view of her <laughs> <laughs> am i skipping ahead possibly <laughs> did i assume you had a base knowledge you don't have because i'm yes rude <laughs> so sorry let's let's refer to my notes <sighs> Give me give me some backstory on why she was probably this born happens. in 1437. Okay, most likely in October. Mm-hmm. That's a estimation though. Um, probably that year though. That year makes sense. She was born to Sir Richard Woodville and Jaquetta of Luxembourg, which is a great name. Now I could do twelve episodes on Jaquetta. However, however, there's actually not that much known about her, so most of it would be me being like, I just think she's cool, right? Without any basis. I think that sentence covers it. Right. She is uh, a descendant of Charlemagne, mm-hmm. a daughter of Peter I of Luxembourg, who's the Count of Saint-Paul, mm. Conversano, and Brienne, and Margaret of Beau-Andrea. Her first marriage was a phenomenal marriage. So she comes from extraordinarily royal European lineage. But she is, you know, of Luxembourg. She's not a princess of France or anything. But so she was... First married to John of Lancaster, who's the first Duke of Bedford, who was the third son of Henry IV. So basically, she's married to the son of a king and then the brother of a king. Mm-hmm. So she's she's at one point is one of the highest ranking women in all of England hmm. because that's how that ranking works. Um, and so after the Duke died, only two years into their marriage, um, she ended up remarrying his former Chamberlain, who was. How did he die? Richard Woodville. I think he died of sickness. Oops, don't remember. <laughs> no worries. It's always sickness, so I'm just going to go I, ahead on a, just on two a years. Seems, oh, oh, hold seems on. Seems brief. Hold on. Maybe I found it. Uh, I mean, people are dying. Until his right. death. Mm-hmm. Ooh, that's helpful. <laughs> Yeah. Um, anyway, so, but they remarried very quickly after the Duke of Bedford's death, which as the part of um, her agreement when she was married is that, you know, she, uh, in her widowhood, 
wouldn't remarry without royal dispensation, and she did not seek that. Mm-hmm. Um, however, she and Richard, her new husband, were both clearly held in very high esteem because very soon after um, their marriage, within a year of their marriage, they were granted that um, and were fined only a thousand pounds. Which hmm. to have all of your lands restored to you and money and dower and like that—that that was nothing. Mm-hmm. Which is actually why we probably don't know that much about Elizabeth Woodville's birth mm-hmm. and/or first few years of life because she was born to a quote-unquote illicit marriage. Mm. Um, her parents were married, but it wasn't what people wanted. Um, so, but Jaquetta and Richard had, by all accounts, a very happy, loving marriage. They clearly married for love because that was quite a step down from basically a prince. Mm-hmm. Um, and it shocked a lot of people. Um, but um, they were yeah, granted the pardon and they had 14 kids. Jeez. 14 kids. So the Woodvilles were landed gentry. They were not noble. So there's that distinction. They, they've they risen through the ranks. He becomes Sir Richard Woodville. He's mm-hmm. landed, but he's not of noble stock or birth, mm-hmm. let alone royal. Is so she young at this time? Jaquetta was, she was probably. Do you like how I don't know this? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> You're fine. No, I usually know. <laughs> I feel like I'm being angry. Um, they, I'm just thinking, like, at what age do you have to start? She was popping married out in 1433 to get, to get 14 out. Uh, not as early as you would think, but she wasn't old. That answers it. I think I remember reading that she was 17, but I don't. Mm-hmm. I'll take it. That could be completely wrong. Anyway, so that's all I know about Elizabeth Woodville's life mm-hmm. <laughs> until 1452, mm-hmm. when she gets married. Mm. So I don't know anything about her upbringing. Um, I don't know much about anything except she comes from a very beautiful mother. She is said to be stunningly beautiful. Aren't um, they all? No, sometimes they're not. <laughs> it feels like we're covering the pretty ones. Maybe we are. <laughs> was Margaret said to be pretty? Yeah, Margaret was said to be quite mm-hmm. pretty. She was like the gorgeous Gorgeous redhead. one. Yeah. Eleanor was said to be the most beautiful woman in the world. I, no one said that about Matilda. Sorry. Sorry. Sorry, Maddie. And Chink's show was a pirate, so I don't think anyone dared to be like, you're pretty or not. Because <laughs> you're a pirate. Right. And you could kill me. Right. So, so she married her stepson. Anyway, so in 1452, Elizabeth Woodville um, marries Sir John Gray of Groby, heir to the Barony Ferrers of Groby. Um, they ended up having two sons, Thomas and Richard. And... John, her husband, in 1461, dies fighting for the Lancastrian cause in the Battle of St. Albans, which we covered last time. So her family was on the Lancastrian side, but if we remember, who won that battle? The Yorks. So Edward IV um, won, and uh, so poor ladies up Shit Creek without a, without a paddle, because... Her husband died fighting for the other side, mm-hmm. and she ends up losing all of her lands. Everything's revoked from her. Mm-hmm. And, sorry, I hit my pen. If you heard an annoying sound in it, <laughs> clearly you have to move it. So Thomas More imagines this meeting that happens in 1461, the same year as that battle, where, and I quote, This poor lady made humble suit unto the king. 
that she might be restored unto such lands as her late husband had given her in jointure and marriage, whom, when the king beheld and heard her speak, as she was both fair and of good favor, moderate of stature, well-made and very wise, he not only pitied her, but also waxed enamored on her, and after taking her afterwards secretly aside, began to enter in talking more familiarly. Mm. So basically, there's a few different accounts. Um, what we do know happened is she saw that he was basically in, on progress and he paused to hunt in a forest. She knew that was going to happen. She's a young widow. She has two boys at this time. None of her, I think uh, Thomas would have been probably nine. Um, and she threw herself at his feet and said, please, for my boys, we swear allegiance, just restore lands, please. Um, mm. I can't provide for them. I'm a widow. Like, you know, I can't do anything. Mm. Sorry that my husband fought for your enemies. Um, not my fault. <laughs> and he took a great liking to her. Like he saw her and was like, hmm, I'm not listening to you because you're pretty. But, um, so a few different accounts. One is Thomas More's. Another one's that he held her at knife point and tried to rape her. Another one is that she seduced him by witchcraft. And then others say that for time, because they began to enter into talking more familiarly, as he said, um, she teased him by refusing to sleep with him, a la Anne Boleyn. <laughs> and um, basically, three years later, they got married. So this isn't something that happened Ooh. very rapidly. Everyone likes to think of this as being a super rushed into decision. Mm-hmm. The king was bewitched or, you know, something. And I think he came upon a forest, saw a maiden. Mm-hmm. And I think they got to know each other to a degree. Three that years sounds, is a very long time. I would, Yeah, I was going to say that sounds rare. Even for us, I feel like three years is like, good for you, thought about it. <laughs> sure. Right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not like Britney Spears' wedding style. What are you saying about Brit? I have... Absolutely nothing against Britney Spears. Perfect. I'm just saying she does have an infamously fast marriage on record. That's true. I, I believe it is the world record for shortest marriage, though I could be wrong. It's like there, there's something hour. about it. Yeah, it's like 40 minutes, I <laughs> something think. Something ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Love it. Love uh, her. So, so they got married in secret, mm. and the only people there to witness it were her mother and two ladies. So when people found out, they weren't happy because Richard Neville, the Earl of Warwick, who played a big part in Margaret's story, had been negotiating a match with Edward and a French princess. And this was a big deal because Margaret of Anjou was, at the time, trying to get her son to marry a French princess. So they were both fighting over a French princess, as one does. Mm. But, the and the Privy Council was pissed. Because, you know, this is somewhat of basically no, ignoble birth, I think they end up calling it. Um, I have a, I like, basically um, put aside a bunch of different quotes about, about it. Just because it was, it was just fascinating how people chose to talk about their match. Um, yeah, they said it was impulsive and they wanted to dismiss it, but he refused um yeah. Oh, yeah. What is it? Um, someone described her as a widow of this island of quite low birth, while someone else observed that Edward must know well that she was no wife for such a high prince as himself. Um, and the Privy Council was furious. And Richard, that, that began the rift in Richard, uh, so Warwick's, here on out, Warwick's relationship with Edward, because, and which makes a big play later on. Um, 
because she was in essence a commoner. She was actually the first um, commoner to marry into the royal family in like a hundred and something years, maybe even longer. I forget who it was, but it was a long time. And after this, it didn't happen again for a long time. So it's it's not like a common thing. Um, and then immediately thereafter, she helps her many siblings who happen to survive into adulthood marry into like the greatest families in, in England. So mm. all of the like highest aristocratic noble families, like the Duke of Buckingham, like all of these like Duke of Somerset, um, um, like I forget who else, but there's a bunch of very, very, very important people that she marries either her brothers, helps her brother and brothers and sisters marry into, um, which makes people loathe her. Um, they think she basically just um, witched her way into it. Not only that, but like basically used her family um, or, or yeah, what is it? Since her coronation, she has always asserted herself to um, aggrandize. That's how you say it, right? Aggrandize, right? Aggrandize, yeah. Why do I always look at it and I want to say it differently? Because the I English know language is weird. But I want to say it differently. Letters are weird. Yeah. Her relations, to wit, her father, mother, brothers, and sisters. She had five brothers and as many sisters and had brought things to such a pass that, that they had the entire government of this realm. So basically, by marrying into the pow- most powerful families, she's, in essence, invaded the government, is what they're saying. I think, really, she was just like, why wouldn't I help them make good marriages? And I happen to now know these people. But it means that Warwick, who had two daughters, Isabel and Anne, um, Anne Neville, Fairly Shakespeare people. hey We'll talk about her later. Anyway. Um, but Anne and Elizabeth, or Isabel, excuse me, um, were Warwick's daughters, and they were meant to make these great matches. And then now those people are taken by people who are of no consequence of birth, you know? So it it um, made a lot of people very angry, and it did not help the public perception of her, which was always poor, has always been poor, has never been good. Mm. Um, however, um, yeah, so people then tried to accuse her mom of witchcraft. She was later acquitted. It was brought up again and again and again. Um, but in 1466, she gave birth to Elizabeth of York, um, 1467, she gave birth to Mary of York, who ended up dying at 14. 1469, she gave birth to Cecily of York. Um, and so these are her first, like, major... She ends up basically spending most of her life in confinement and having these children. Um, and so while she was queen, she engaged in acts of piety, was by all accounts a very conventional medieval queen consort, always in pregnant, always pregnant, always in confinement, always giving birth. Um and so right so yeah, yeah that's a life that's, but, but, mm. it sounds horrendous um but by this point in like around 1470 warwick had formed that alliance with margaret of anjou who was his former enemy they fought the big battles that i don't care about restored henry the sixth to the throne and edward was captured and then exiled and um it took him about a year to return, um, and he did so by at the battles of Barnet and Tewkesbury, where he defeated the Lancastrians in work for for good. Um, and so, at that time, Elizabeth and her three daughters were sent to Westminster Abbey, they, where they sought sanctuary. This poor woman has to seek sanctuary so many times in her life. I can't even tell you. She gave birth to her first son, or first son by Edward, mm-hmm. Edward later Edward the Fifth. And they were barely provided for by Henry VI. At least they were provided for, but they were basically living in relative squalor with three daughters and a newborn for six months until Edward came back and got them out. 
So again, there isn't really much I know about her um, in regards to her actual life. I know a lot about what people think about her, but like that's not that helpful because I want to know who she is in the midst of all that. Mm-hmm. Who she was is always pregnant. So in 1472, she gave birth to Margaret of York. In 1473, she had Richard of York. In 1475, she had Anne. In 1477, she had George, who died in 1479. <laughs> 1479, she had Catherine of York. In 1480, she had Bridget of York. And that was her last kid. Wow. So this woman has been having children since 14, probably around, for probably almost 30 years. Jeez. Jeez. (laughs) 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 Chloe's like pulling her face down. Well, I'm just like, pregnancy and birth are are fascinating Mm. and... I mean, as you grow older, you learn more and more about them and the horrors and the nitty-gritty details dangerous. of how deeply dangerous it is, how much damage it can cause your body, how many complications there could be. So especially in this time, medicine. right, exactly, especially in this time without, you know, epidurals and pain medication and 15 doctors, you know, coaxing you through it while you're under general anesthesia. I can't imagine spending 30 years consistently having children. That's, I mean, I guess if you don't know anything else. And that is your life. Then that's just how it is. Yeah. And women are incredibly strong and yada, yada, yada. But like coming from 2020, (laughs) like thinking about how it's done now and like how like you're like a goddess if you do a natural birth, you know, like she's popping them out. It's just, I'm... But yeah, that's crazy. Yeah. Well, and do you know what's what's fascinating, too, is um, I always find um, medieval birthing practices up up until the modern era, actually, this is not, nothing really changed. Women were mm. thought of as being very unclean after birth. So they weren't allowed that's into nice. society. So a woman <laughs> would be in confinement in the last stages of her pregnancy. I know this makes me furious, too. Mm. So she'd be in confinement, literally not allowed to see anyone. Her husband wouldn't see her. Um, hey, maybe that's a blessing. I'm not saying it's not, but like then she gives birth with only women. Um, oh no, no, I'm kidding. That's, okay, that's terrible. Oh yeah, no, it's bad. And they usually didn't allow light, so the room, all the windows were boarded up. They did a lot of incense and perfume. Like it just sounds horrible and suffocating. So she's there for months, and then she has the baby. And if she lives, and if the baby lives, then they have to go through something called a churching because until then she is unclean from the process. So she. <laughs> Especially a royal woman would literally be churched at like Westminster Abbey. Mm. So her child would be baptized without her. Life would go on. And then she'd be stuck in this room and everyone's like, what happened to the queen? Oh, that's right. And then she'll like have to re-enter society like a full month and a bit later after giving birth. Mm. And then she's allowed to not be a pariah. But like she's literally thought of as unclean. When a priest comes in to bless her, they held up like a sheet so he didn't have to look upon this unclean woman. From having a baby... Which is so natural. And not only natural, but, like, you did it to her. Yeah. Yeah. Also, it's just, it's just like, the way of life. Yeah. Like, do you not want kids in the world? I don't... I mean, we could talk about that for years. <laughs> it's just, you know. Do you know what I equate it to? Mm. I equate it to people who... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot... We charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. 
That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Who say that they don't, they think it's stupid for us to pursue lives in the arts and yet listen to music and watch movies. Which is a whole and thing. And art. Mm-hmm. That's all I have to say. I mean, funding for the arts gets cut like every minute. <laughs> Like every second. Yeah. <laughs> I should be like I said, every second someone loses a paintbrush. <laughs> I don't want to paint. You want a paintbrush? I you're, want a paintbrush. I just saw your drawings. They're wonderful. Thank you. Anyway. <laughs> so basically after Tewksbury, there's about a decade of relative peace, mm. which during this time, people like to think of the Wars of the Roses as a consistent year, like 40 year conflict of battles upon battles. And that's not what it was. There, there was battles every few years and skirmishes but like it wasn't consistent um that that picture painting if you will mm-hmm. of of a constant war between families was um actually painted by uh, henry tudor hmm. because he won um so what's so yeah so this is a period of relative peace um however in 1483 Edward died very abruptly. Um, Just a few notes about their marriage. It was really interesting because there was said to be genuine love and affection between the two. He was also a notorious womanizer and had a bunch of mistresses. Mm. And most of the time, I don't think she cared. Um, Again, this isn't now. So that this wasn't, that wasn't caused to end anything that wasn't caused to hate someone. It was seen as natural. In fact, if a king didn't have an official mistress and or someone who was thought of in that way, it was like, what's wrong with him? Mm-hmm. So, it, you know, he had many. Jane Shore was a big one. I think Jane Shore was the one that like drove her insane, but that's because that was the only one that he was like genuinely very affectionate toward. Right. Um, most of the time he had a few illegitimate children, some of whom were very devoted to Elizabeth and came to her funeral, like loved her, mm. you know? So it, it's, it's, not ideal but again this is a different world we're looking at different family structures um so yeah so in 1483 edward you know has lost the the glow of youth he's a little portly um lots of drink and lots of eating which it seems to befall the kings of england um <laughs> constantly mm-hmm. um lead to an early demise a lot of gout and whatever so much gout. right um so he's 40 40 years old i think which would make, wait, okay, in 1483, he's 40, and she's, I think, five years older than him. So she's 45 in 1483. So how old was she? Nope, not worth it. I really want to know now, though. Okay, whatever, it's fine. Her son, Edward, became Edward V, um, and his uncle, Richard, Duke of Gloucester, became his Lord Protector. Um, we all know this story. But, or maybe we don't. Um, no? You do know it. I, th- I think you don't know that this is what that is. You haven't said anything yet. I have. <laughs> Richard, Duke of Gloucester. 
became Lord Protector over a little boy named Edward, who had a brother also named Richard, conveniently. <laughs> um, eh? Shakespeare. Well, yeah, that that much I figured. Do I know the details of the story also, offhand? Like, they're two, the two no. little boys are famously <laughs> known as the... Okay, we'll tell you. Um, very quickly, Richard showed his true colors. He arrested Elizabeth's brother and um, Richard, her son from her first marriage. Everyone's name Richard. Hate it. Pick a new name. Um, so then the young King Edward was sent to the tower to wait, um, to await his coronation. Um, Richard had persuaded Elizabeth to then send her other son, Richard, to the tower for protection, quote unquote. Um, this quickly deteriorated. Elizabeth had to then, she, she, it was clear she had to seek sanctuary. So she did. It didn't really last. She sought it with a man named Lord Hastings who was quickly executed. Richard then accused her of plotting to murder and utterly destroy him. Um, and by an act of parliament, um, Richard had Elizabeth's marriage delegitimized with, along with their children on the grounds that Edward had been pre-contracted to marry Eleanor Butler. It also included a charge of witchcraft, although no one ever cared or followed up on that. Um, I've read that document. It's actually very interesting to read. Um, basically, by saying Edward had been pre-contracted to marry someone else, by marrying her, it was invalid, almost like bigamy. And um, every child they had was, you're just shaking your head, was illegitimate. Yeah, that's terrible. And then basically Richard told that to Parliament and Parliament's like, yeah, I guess. Okay, that sounds fine. And then they're like, do you want, do you want to be king? You should be king because you're the son of a king. You're better. So then he was offered the throne, literally. Um, so Elizabeth now is known as Dame Elizabeth Grey from her first marriage. Mm. She has so many young children. Um, her two eldest sons are put in a tower of London. Hmm. And um, after Richard's ascension, the boys remained in the tower. And after the summer of 1483, there are no recorded sightings of them ever. And they're known as the princes of the tower. That's so awful. it's horrendous. Most likely, we know who probably murdered them and or, or ordered the murder. Um, Richard's always somehow drifted away from it as being the cause of it in the white princess they said that margaret beaufort slash stanley who's the mother of henry tudor ordered it which just mm, makes no sense um anyway uh so a lot of different thoughts about who could have done it but at this point her brother has been executed i think her her boys have been executed including three of her kids so her I think her father had been killed in battle her eldest her other son had been killed or something and then her son from her first marriage and her brother were executed her protector Lord Hastings was executed and her two sons were never seen again Hmm. so she's been through a lot and all this even though she was like but I just like my son is a prince and should be king and that should not have been an issue and yet because of who was appointed Lord Protector obviously and who had different ambitions life turned out a bit differently for everyone mm. um, so she and the Duke of Buckingham um, actually allied, them, allied themselves with Lady Margaret Stanley Margaret Beaufort 
um, to support her son, Henry Tudor, who was the great, great, great grandson of Edward III, and who happened at that point, by that time, to be the closest Lancastrian heir to the throne. Um, so this major conflict with the Wars of the Roses stems from Rich Edward III's children. Um, and so everyone's related. Everyone is descended from him. It's just in what order and by the legitimate marriage, the one with, um, you know, princesses or the one with Catherine Swinford, which was uh, John of Gaunt, who is Edward's son. It, it's very complicated. I have found a really good family tree. That's right. I meant to show you. Um, I will will post it because it was actually very helpful because I, I get confused because everyone's named Richard John for Edward. Um, and so... Um, and a few Thomases just like thrown in there to spice it up. Um, so yeah, so she, Margaret and Elizabeth decide to strengthen their collective causes by uniting both of their houses in marriage. Because at this point, Elizabeth's children are the children of York. And by having her two eldest sons and her other son, George, um, had both passed away, um, had all passed away, excuse me, her daughter, her eldest daughter, Elizabeth of York, was the heir to that family and that claim to the throne and Henry Tudor by a bizarre linear thing. Um, Cause Margaret is a descendant of um, Edward III ends up. Uh, and then Catherine of Valois, who is the queen ends up remarrying this guy named Owen Tudor who has a son like, and then that's how the Tudors are this Welsh family. And everyone's like, she married who? And then she had like a few other kids and those kids, that's where that line comes from. That's where the Tudors come from. They're Welsh. Like, gentry. They're mm. not... It's, well, anyway. gets very confusing. Even I'm like, I don't remember who it is. But, so, they they meant to unite the two of them in marriage. And in December of 1483. So, this is all happening within months. Mm. So, 1483, Edward dies. In June, the Act of Parliament's passed. By the end of the summer of 1483, those boys are no more. And then by December of 1483, Henry Tudor makes a public oath in France where he's been living in exile because he is a major claim to the throne um, to marry Elizabeth of York. Richard III is a petty bitch. <laughs> Everyone knows that, but like he is. His very first act of parliament stripped Elizabeth of all of her lands. Great. And on March the 1st of 1484, she and her daughters um, came this is actually very interesting. And this is the cause of... Elizabeth, you're smiling. But this is the cause of Elizabeth's um, downfall in the end, I think. So in 1484 of March, let's think about what's just happened to her. Mm-hmm. It's not even a year after her husband has died, I think. Um, she seeks amends with Richard. Um, and she ends up... I highlighted it. I didn't highlight it. Um, so yeah. Okay, cool. So she had made peace with King Richard, placed her daughters and, and they came out of sanctuary and were able to live somewhat freely at court. Um, he swore that none of them would be harmed, molested or put in the tower. And, um, so what's fascinating is by this point, he is married to Anne Neville, the daughter of the Earl of Warwick. And she, they have a lot of fertility issues. Her mother did. Her sister did. It runs in the family. Mm. Someone assumed that she had tuberculosis, endometriosis, which is tuberculosis but affects your womb. Mm. And it just sounds so painful. I don't even know if that's a real thing. That was just yeah. something I read. But it, it, it 
was apparently a major cause of infertility. Oh, but wow. it seemed to have also run in her family fertility issues because she was only she was one of two daughters for a very important family. They would have had a lot more kids because right. as you see, children die, so you have a lot of kids. Mm-hmm. Um, also, that's her job. So Anne Neville's not able to have children. He wants to get rid of her and divorce her. It's quite public. It's very upsetting for Anne. She is basically English royalty. She comes from an extremely important family. Um, And she ends up dying in March of 1485. So that's about a year after they came out of hiding, if you will. And by this point, there are a lot of rumors swirling about that um, Elizabeth of York is going to marry her uncle, Richard III. That's her uncle. Mm. Ew. Um, he's a, he's, she's much younger, obviously. And, um, there's a lot of damning accounts that say that she wanted to. Which is interesting because, of course, he murdered everyone in her family. Was the cause of a lot of their issues. And is her uncle and is older. Apparently hunchback. (laughs) Isn't that less of a problem, though, in those days? The uncle bit is incestuous. Okay. It's not incestuous. It's cousins not, are okay. Cousins are fine. It's her uncle. If okay. he had kids, it would have been okay. Okay. If she married one of his sons. Okay. Right. It's not that it's... An, it's not... And it's also not unheard of. It's just like not... Everyone's like a little tweaked by it. Okay. Like... Oh. It's like hard to know where the line is. You're though. right. <laughs> Brothers. Yeah. Okay. And even sometimes that happened. Um, They didn't marry them. They usually just raped their sisters. Anyway. So... Love the Middle Ages. Um... So there are these rumors swirling about. However, you know, Elizabeth is promised to Henry Tudor. Mm. So that's not supposed to happen. Um, and Henry tries to invade a few times, fails. <laughs> but in 1485, Henry Tudor invades at the Battle of Bosworth Field, and he beats Richard III. He marries Elizabeth of York, revoked all the acts of parliament that had delegitimized Elizabeth and her children. So immediately sets things right. Mm. Um, and everyone's like, we're so sorry that that happened to you. And I'm like, it's not the same parliament. You know, it's not necessarily the same parliament. A lot of them died in battle. But like, right. you know. Still, it's the same still. structure. In 1487, she retires to um, Bermondsey Abbey. And it's very curious why. Some people say she... Some people say... She was part of the rebellion um, that was a major rebellion during Henry Tudor's time. By this point, he's Henry VII. Um, Lambert Simnel, um, who was a major pretender to the throne. Others say, um, you know, and other things against Henry. They say she was plotting against him. Um, witchcraft comes up again. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, what do I have here? They ended up... In, 14, in 1487, the Royal Council assembled to deprive Elizabeth of all of her possession, possessions. And this was done because she had made her peace with King Richard and had placed her daughters at his, his disposal and had, by leaving sanctuary, broken her promise to those who had at her most urgent entreaty forsaken their own English property and fled to Henry and Brittany. So, by coming out <laughs> of sanctuary to protect her daughters, not knowing that Henry Tudor was going to win, hindsight's twenty twenty. She's doing what she can to survive. You know, she's vilified in the end. Right. Officially, apparently, she volunteer- voluntarily surrendered her lands, decided to retire to live a contemplative life in an abbey. But, of course, that's not true. Well, after all the witching, she was probably Well, tired. the witching, and everyone just says, like, she's actively trying to overthrow Henry. 
who at this point is married to her daughter and has kids. They have mm. kids. Like, mm-hmm. she wouldn't do that. And I think at this point she's done. <laughs> yeah. Like, she has seen she's so been much. She's been through so much. Right. Um, so, we do, again, not much is known about her. And in 1492, she passes away. She's 55. Mm. Um, she had a simple funeral, apparently. And they, quote, said, they clearly felt, I'm going to yawn. <laughs> Sorry. Her warning. Mm. <laughs> they clearly felt the Queen's funeral should have been more splendid. Because so, irony is real. Who's they? Uh, biographers. Her, okay. But people who always were like, mm, she wasn't worth, like, she wasn't worthy of marrying a king. Mm, she wasn't blah of anything. But, like, who gets to decide But in that? the end, they felt that her funeral should have been more splendid because she was a queen. So now they're, they care that she was a queen. Like, while she was queen, she was not respected or treated well. Um, when she had to seek sanctuary in the middle, when Henry the sixth mm-hmm. was restored, when Henry was restored, um, yeah, Henry the sixth was restored for a few years. She, the city, like threw her out, like no one cared, or came to her defense. And then, of course, in death, they're like, ah, oh, but she was a queen. We care. I mean, that's a very common. You glorify in death. Yeah, yeah. I know. So, so yeah, that's Elizabeth. I know this is a shorter one, but it was. I felt it imperative that we talk about her because I'm fascinated by what everyone else has to say about her. But also, I'm sad I don't know enough about her in actuality. And by all means, that's because she was a probably a very conventional medieval queen, which is why we don't know much about her, because she didn't stir the water. She just had a bunch of kids mm. and unfortunately lived during this time. Mm-hmm. I mean, so, yeah. I feel I feel like the only thing I would have wanted would be a diary. I'm I'm, I'm less curious about her day-to-day life and more curious about her thoughts and feelings about right? her life. Right? Mm-hmm. And that's the thing I think we forget because, and that's what having male chroniclers for most of history has given us is a lack of that, the mm. complete dearth of the feelings of rulers. Now, this is men and women alike, but so importantly, they think, oh, because she's so conventional, no one cares. Mm. And like, that's unfortunate. That's how people have thought about her and about many women, not just her. In fact, most women. But mm-hmm. what I think is so tragic is that, you know, as we all know, though we don't individually live massive lives, we all have feelings and thoughts and, and desires. And it would be so wonderful to know them. And I think it's, it is tragic that we don't get to know, especially considering what she was witness to. Right. And what she experienced. Um, in her own every life, everyday life. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So, what'd you think? <laughs> I was like, to that know what was you what I thought. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, there are definitely parts of that that stood out to me. Obviously, the thirty years of having children was crazy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, wait. So let's figure it out. In fourteen ninety two, there was a great conquest, right? Isn't that when Columbus apparently sailed the ocean blue? Just for some context. Would you, would you like to calculate her age? I would. Thank point? you for pulling out a calculator. Oh, go. I'm doing it. Yes, because you know the details. 1492. That is what you were here my, for. It says you are the one who knows old. the details. Sorry that you can't read my horrendous handwriting. <laughs> Which means she was, yeah, born in 1437. Mm. But, okay, in 14. Okay, her first child was born, I'm going to guess, around 1453. Mm hmm. 52 minus 1437. She's married at 15. Not weird. 
which means in 1461, she was widowed at 24. Hmm. Which means she was married again at 27. Which means she had kids until 1480 minus 1437. Until she was 43. Oh, shit. Jeez. That sucks. That's a lot of children. That's a lot of children. It's a lot of children, not many of whom lived, but quite a few of them married and became very important for future lineage claims in England. Um, So a lot of these people became quite important people. Um, I think Catherine of York uh, and Anne, Bridget became a nun. Good for her. Um, Mary, no, Cecily married an earl. Like they all did very well, obviously, as, as princesses and daughters. In her pursuit to have a legacy, if that was her pursuit, oh boy, I mean, she? she definitely. Yeah. I mean, Elizabeth of York. Right. The marriage to Henry Tudor, mm-hmm. Henry Lancaster, basically, yeah. united the houses, effectively ended the quote unquote Wars of the Roses. Mm-hmm. He invented that phrase after. Um, and, and all direct descendants of the English throne are, are there now, are, are descended from her. So. You know, there there are definitely moments of tragedy and yes. terrible things, but I do think I I agree. I think she's a worthwhile person to right? discuss. I, and, and here's the thing: is I yeah. don't think she actively cared about a legacy. Hmm. I think very Who knows because it. She didn't stir the pot. Like she didn't do crazy things. She didn't plot. She didn't. I mean, if she did, it was to like ensure her family's safety. Like it wasn't. Mm-hmm. You know. So I I do think it's interesting that. Yeah. Anyway, yeah. That's why I think she's interesting, because I don't know that much about her. And what you hear about her is so horrendous. Mm. You know, that she bewitched the king. Oh, I wrote down one thing, too, I wanted to say. What did they... I actually really like this. They called her the most beautiful woman in the island of Britain with heavy-lidded eyes like those of a dragon. What? <laughs> so, like, again, there's this, like, almost, like, violent fictionalized violence with her this witchcraft that's assumed this it's a crazy thing to call someone a witch no heavy-lidded eyes like a dragon yeah 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 yeah, yeah. it's very it's very visual but i mean she was beautiful absolutely stunning um we'll, we'll post photos of her i can show you now um that's helpful to people who are listening right so look there she is Thank you. You're welcome. I'll put we'll put that up. We'll put that up. <laughs> but yeah, so that's the thing. Oh, here we go. Was she a grasping whatever that word is, or a courageous and tragic queen? There you go. We'll never know. And such is the tale of Elizabeth Woodville. Wow. Wow. Wrapped up nice with a little ribbon. Thank you. <laughs> I was about to say, like, tune in next week when we talk about and then I was like, Nope, we don't, we don't know. know. We don't know. <laughs> So I guess tune in to find out who we talk about next week. Yes, indeed. But thank you for listening. Thank you. This week. Yay. (laughs) Have a lovely week. And month, most likely. Probably month. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye. (laughs) 
Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.